Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Now it's time for today's episode of Sherlock Holmes, The Blue Carbuncle. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the original and immortal stories of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, dramatized anew with... Sir Ralph Richardson as Dr. Watson, and Sir John Gielgud in the role of Sherlock Holmes. Christmas. Christmas in our London of the 1880s. With a sparkle round the gaslights and a glow on the hurrying passers-by laden with mysterious parcels. With candles, shop windows heaped with toys, with tinkling hansoms hastening past. With a million tall trees and a million tall boys. Christmas. And in the glow and glory of it, I called at Baker Street to see my old friend Sherlock Holmes. Compliments of the season, Holmes. Eh, who? What was that? Compliments of the season, Holmes. Oh, Watson, it's you. Good evening, how do you do? Well, I must say that's a deuce cold greeting for the time of year. But don't you believe in the Christmas spirit? Yes, yes, of course I do, my dear fellow. It's only that I'm profoundly engaged. My mind was elsewhere. Uh, close the door, Watson, and come in. There's a confounded din from the street. Yes, that's much better. Uh, sit down, won't you? Well, of course, if you're engaged, Holmes, I'd better not say. I've still some visits to make to my patients. No, 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 of course. You know how glad I always am to have you, old friend, to discuss my problems with. Now, help yourself to a whiskey and soda, Watson. Oh, thank you. And just tell me what you think. Of that. Think of what? That. Hanging on the back of the chair there. I've been contemplating it for the last half hour. But it's, uh, it's only a hat. A, a simple, hard, black hat. Just so. You best sit down with me by the fire and tell me all about it. And I'll brew some punch. Excellent, excellent, Watson. You know where everything is, of course. And meanwhile, I'll tell you the tale of this hat. And I ask you to consider it, Watson... Not as a battered old billycock, 
but as an intellectual problem. Let me find the nutmeg grater first, and I'm ready. Well, uh, yes, ah, here it is. Well, then. You know Peterson, the commissioner at the hotel on the corner? Of course. Why? Is it his hat? No, his trophy. Who? Hmm? Trophy? Well, he found it. The owner is unknown. It arrived here, Watson, in company with a fine fat goose, which I have no doubt at this moment is roasting merrily in front of the Peterson's fire. Oh, well, a goose and a hat. No doubt the connection's obvious, but, uh, but uh, where, 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 where have you put the lemons, my dear fellow? Lemons? Oh, try the gazogene stand. No. Oh, well, then that hideous bamboo smoking companion that Mrs. Hudson will insist on sitting down beside the sofa every afternoon. Ah, yes, here <laughs> we are. Now, the facts are these, Watson. Peterson, who's a very honest fellow, as you know, was returning about four o'clock this morning from some small seasonal jollification and walking homewards down the Tottenham Court Road. Oh, uh, stir the fire a bit, will you? My hands are full. Certainly, Watson. <coughs> in front of him, there in the gaslight, Peterson suddenly saw a tallish man with a stick walking with a slight stagger and carrying a white goose over his shoulder. Mm -hmm. As he reached the corner of Warren Street, this man was suddenly set upon by a crowd of roughs. One of them knocked his hat off, and as he raised his stick to defend himself, he accidentally swung it against a shop window and smashed the glass. Oh, oh. Well, what, what, what happened next, Holmes? Well, Peterson, who was still wearing his commissioner's uniform, rushed to the man's assistance. But the fellow, shocked at breaking a window and seeing a man in uniform running up to him, dropped his goose and took to his heels. The rust did the same, leaving Peterson master of the field of battle. He brought both bird and hat to me. There was a card on the bird's leg with for Mrs. Henry Baker written on it, and the initials H.B. are written on the label inside the hat. Uh-huh. But of course there are some thousands of people named Baker in this great city of ours, so it has been my little occupation for this last hour or so to try and deduce the exact identity of this one. From his hat? Yes, Watson. The owner of this hat, Watson, highly intellectual, fairly well-to-do, but in the space of the last three years seems to have fallen on evil days. He used to have foresight, but he has less now than formerly. I suspect he's taken to drink, which would also perhaps account for the fact that his wife no longer loves him. Oh, 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 oh my dear. <laughs> Middle-aged, goes out little, has grizzled hair which he anoints with lime cream, and has been to the barbers lately. It is also extremely improbable that he has gas laid on in his house. Ah, come on. No, you're surely joking. Not now, I've seen you at this kind of thing before, of course, but this is going too far. His wife, Holmes, oh. you <laughs> said she'd stopped loving him. The hat hasn't been brushed for weeks, my dear fellow. Ah? Well, when I see you, Watson, with such an accumulation of dust on your respectable headgear... I shall expect you to be returning to your old quarters here within the next day or two. <laughs> oh, you know, you've an answer for everything wonderful, wonderful, except the gas. The fact that there's no gas laid on in this house. Now, that really is impossible. Not at all. One tallow stain, or even two, might come by chance. But <coughs> when I see no less than five, I think there can be little doubt that the owner must be brought in frequent contact with burning tallow. Yes, he probably walks upstairs at night with his hat in one hand and a guttering candle in the other. Anyhow, he never got tallow stains from a gas jet. Satisfied? Ah, how much so? How much so? Very, very, most, most indeed. Elementary, my dear boss. <laughs> 
Well, actually, it seems rather a waste of your talents, but there's been no crime committed. Nothing but the loss of a Christmas goose. That goose, my dear fellow. Hello? Miss Holmes, are you in? Hello, hello, what's this? Who is it? Yes, come in. Yes, Holmes. My dear Peterson. Oh, it's... It's a goose, sir. Well, has it returned to life and flapped off through the kitchen window? You're as white as a sheet. Oh, oh. see here, sir. Here. Look what my wife found inside its crop. What? Look. This, this is treasure. True, indeed, Peterson. Yes. A precious stone. One of the biggest I've ever seen. It's more than a precious stone, Watson. It's the precious stone. The blue carbuncle. Great heavens. The, the Countess of Morcar? Precisely. Missing for five days and with a descriptive advertisement every morning in the Times about it. And a reward of a thousand pounds for its recovery. A thousand pounds? Oh, love a duck. A ghost is a blue carbuncle. Yes, yes, I remember now. Lost at the Hotel Cosmopolitan. That's it. And they've arrested some plumber fellow who's supposed to have taken it from the Countess's jewel case. A thousand pounds reward? Oh, God. I was reading about it only just now. Yes. Here we are. Here we are. The Hotel Cosmopolitan Jewel Robbery. John Horner, plumber, 26, was brought up on the charge of having abstracted from the jewel case of the Countess of Morka the valuable gem known as the Blue Carbuncle. What else, Watson? Well, it seems that this fellow Horner was taken up to the Countess's room by her maid, a girl called Catherine Cusack, to do some kind of repair. Mm. When the head attendant of the hotel went in, a fellow called James Ryder, to see if the work was finished, he found the jewel case was lying empty and that Horner had gone. They gave the alarm, and Horner was found by the police. They arrested him. The case has been referred to the assizes. Mm. Well, then, the only problem remaining to be solved is the sequence of events leading from an empty jewel case in a hotel room at one end to the crop of a goose in the Tottenham Court Road at the other. Uh, just give me a pencil and that slip of paper, will you, Peterson? Hmm? Oh, oh, yes, sir. Oh, oh, probably done, yes. What are you going to do, Holmes? Find the owner of this hat. H.B. Henry Baker. Yes, he began as a joke. And now he's become a mystery. We'll try the simplest method first. An advertisement. How's this, Watson? Read it. Found at the corner of Warren Street... A goose and a black felt hat. Mr. Henry Baker can have the same by applying at 6.30 this evening at 221 Baker Street. Clear and concise, I think. Yes, if you've quite recovered from your astonishment, Peterson. Yes, sir. Just run down to the advertisement office and have this put in all the evening papers, will you? All of them, sir? All of them. Oh, and by the way, Peterson. Sir? On your way back, just see if you can buy another goose. Another goose, sir? Yes, as near as possible, the same size... As that one that your family is about to devour. Oh, oh, oh yes, sir. Um, you're going to keep the stone, sir? Yes, here, in my strong box. And I'll just drop a note to the Countess to say we found it. Hurry up, Peterson. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, of course, time to crows. No, no, the geese, Peterson. <laughs> Miss 
Dr. Henry Baker, if I'm not mistaken. Do come in, Mr. Baker. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> sit down, won't you? Pray sit down. Uh, this is my good friend, Dr. Watson. Uh, how do you do, uh, how sir? How do you do? Uh, mayn't I help you to a whiskey and soda, Mr. Baker? Oh, 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 thank you. I'll, uh, I'll leave out the soda, if I may, Mr. Holmes. Oh, of course. You see, Watson? Congratulations, Holmes. The very man as you described him. I beg your pardon. Uh, oh, nothing, sir. Forgive us. It's a private matter. Huh? Now, Mr. Baker, you come, haven't you, in answer to my advertisement. Is this your hat? This? Oh, yes, sir. Undoubtedly. Then pray allow me to return it to you with my compliments. The bird, I'm afraid, we've been compelled to eat. What? Oh, dear. Careful, careful, Mr. Baker. You're... You spilled your drink. It was quite a necessity, I'm afraid, since in these modern days we seem to have lost the art of refrigeration in which our Elizabethan ancestors were so adept. However, there's this other bird here on the sideboard to which you are extremely welcome as a replacement. That's uncommonly kind of you, sir. Not at all. Of course, uh, we still have the feathers and the crop of your own bird, if you'd like to take them too. Oh, 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 oh you're an honest man, sir, but... The disjected member of my late acquaintance are hardly likely to be of much use to me. <laughs> but, but I will have one more drink, if I may. Very small. Most certainly. Would it trouble you, Mr. Baker, to tell me where you got that uncommonly fine bird of yours? Not at all, sir. I'm a member of a Christmas goose club run by the landlord of the Alpha Inn near the museum. The Alpha Inn, Watson? Ah. Uh -huh. I got it there in exchange for my weekly fourpences, which I've been paying since last April. Oh, that's good value for twelve shillings, Mr. Baker. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I really am most grateful to you for your kindness, sir. I was set on by some roughs in the street, and I, I lost it. All's well that ends well, Mr. Baker. We were fortunate enough to find it, so here's your hat, and here is your new bird. Oh, I put the old ticket onto it. The one that was tied to the other goose's leg, marked to Mrs. Henry Baker. Oh, how nice of you. I, <laughs> I'm much obliged, sir. Well, not at all. A peace offering, Mr. Baker? A peace offering, sir, in point of fact. To my better heart. Ah, quite. Uh, good night, sir, and thank you again. Good night. Good night, Mr. Baker. Good, good night. night. Well, <laughs> So much for Mr. Henry Baker, Watson. Well, it's quite evident that he was innocent, of course, from the trap you laid. I mean, about the feathers and the crop. Yes, evident. I suggest, Watson, that we turn that proposed dinner of ours into a late supper. I'll tell Mrs. Hudson she'll forgive us. And in the meanwhile, let's follow up the clue of the Alpha Inn. By all means, Holmes, I confess I'm most intrigued. But I'm afraid we shall have to battle our way out through those infernal weights who are making night so hideous on our humble doorstep. Come, Watson, we've work to do this Christmas Eve. It was a bitter night. And so we drew on our ulsters and wrapped our mufflers about our throats. We swung through the doctor's quarters of Wimpole Street and Harley Street, and so along the great thoroughfare of Oxford Street, where the crowds were thinning now to Bloomsbury. And there, in a forgotten corner, we found the Alpha Inn. And from the rosy landlord, learnt that the geese for his Christmas club had come from a dealer 
named Breckenridge in Covent Garden. Yes, here's the market, Holmes. What was the name of the goose dealer? Breckenridge, Watson. Yeah, there it is, you see? The largest stall of the lot. There's the name written up over it. Yes, just in time. They're closing up. Hmm, horsey-looking fellow, isn't he? What's that you say? Horsey. Good for you, Watson. That fact might come in useful. Ah, good evening, Mr. Breckenridge. Hmm, it's a cold night. Uh, cold enough, I reckon. Glad to get finished. Sold out of geese, I see. Let's have 500 tomorrow morning. Oh, that's no good, I'm afraid. We want one tonight. Yeah, there's someone that stall over there with a the gas flare. Now, excuse me, Oh, we sir. were recommended to you particularly, Mr. Breckenridge. Oh, who by? By the landlord of the Alpha Inn in Bloomsbury. Yes, you supplied him with some incomparable birds, he told us. Where did you get them from, by the way? Now, look here. What exactly are you driving at, mister? Why, nothing. Only that I wanted to know who sold you those geese. I'm dashed if I tell you, then. You're another one to pester me, are you? Another one? What do you mean? When I pay good money for a thing, that should be the end of it, I say. But it's where are those geese, and who did you sell those geese to, till I'm sick of it. You think that lot were the only geese in the world, the way some folk keep on at me about them? Well, I can assure you that we've nothing to do with any other people who've been making inquiries, Mr. Breckenridge. In fact, all I'm concerned with is a little bet I've made. A bet? Yes, sir. I'm always ready to back my opinion, and I've bet a fiver with my friend the doctor here that the bird we ate from the Alpha Inn was country bread. You've lost your fiver then, because it was town bread. No, 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 it was nothing of the kind. It was, I tell you. Cordy, you think you know more about fowls than I do when I've been in the trade, man and boy, but... I tell you, it's country bread. Each town. Here, will you take a bet with me, too? With pleasure. A sovereign, every penny of it. Right, it's on. Now, where's that ruddy book of mine? Ha-ha, here it is. Here, just look in there, Mr. Cockshaw. Well, what's this? That's the list of the folk I buy from, see? And what I do with the stuff when I bought it. Now then, look at that name there, do you see? Can you see it, Watson, in this light? Yes, yes. Mrs. Oakshot, isn't it? That's right, Mrs. Oakshot. And what's the address, eh? 117 Brixton Road. Egg and poultry supplier. Brixton Road, Mr. Iron Mighty. And what's the last entry under it, eh? December the 22nd, 24 geese at 7 and 6. And who would I sold to, eh? Sold to Mr. Windigate of the Alpha at 12 shillings. Right. And so what do you say now, Mr. Blooming Poultry Fancier? <laughs> well, I must say I could have sworn it was completely. All right, you win, Mr. Breckenridge. <laughs> There's your sovereign. Thank you. Come along, doctor. Uh-huh. Oh, you five, I think. Yes, you do. Uh, easy money, that's what I say. <laughs> well, good evening, James. Good evening, Mr. Breckenridge. Well, Watson, let's stand here by the gas lamp for a moment. I want to think. I'll tell you I don't know nothing about it. You get out of here, I'll tell you. Hello, what's going on? Was there some kind of a quarrel? Oh, that was Breckenridge's store. Oh, yes, so there is. Let's see what's the matter. Look, look, I have a little rat-faced fellow, you see? Breckenridge is threatening him. Now, I'll tell you, I've had enough of you angel blooming geese. Oh, don't you? Yeah, well, you've asked the same before and you've got the same ruddy answer. You and anybody else. One of them geese was mine, I say. Well, you can ask Mrs. Blooming Oakshot for it. She told me to ask you. Yeah, then you can ask the King of Prussia for all right here. You get off now. Go on, I'll knock your teeth out, mind you. Here, here, here. The little fellow's coming this way, Watson. It looks as if we've saved our trip to Brixton. You want me to collar him? Turn by if he gets nasty. He looks a bit of a shrimp. No, not much trouble. Here, my man, not so fast. I'd just like a word with you. What? Here, over you. What do you want? I couldn't help overhearing your little disagreement with the good salesman over there. 
and I think I might be able to assist you. How do you mean? How could you know anything? Who are you, eh? My name is Sherlock Holmes, and it's my business to know what other people don't know. Well, you can't know anything about this. On the contrary, you're trying to trace some geese, which were sold by a Mrs. Oakshot, to that man there who sold them to the landlord of the Alpha Inn, who got rid of them through his goose club, of which Mr. Henry Baker is a member. What? Why, oh, you're the very man I've been looking for, Mr. Holmes. Oh, I can hardly tell you how much it means to me. Watson, be good enough to signal for a four-wheeler, will you? Yes, yes certainly. I think, my Hello. friend, we'd better discuss this whole matter in some cosy place rather than in the crowded street. Uh, we'll go to my room, shall we? Oh, what's your name, may I ask? Uh, my name's uh, Robinson. John Robinson. No, 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 the real name. It's always so awkward doing business with an alias. All right, then. James Ryder. Ah, head attendant of the Hotel Cosmopolitan, yeah. I believe. Quite so. Yeah, you have the cab, Watson. Just coming over home. Splendid, splendid. Now, would you mind just standing on Mr. Ryder's other side and uh, just take him by the arm, will you? He might have a fancy to go for a little walk. Well, now, here we are. Ah, looks very seasonable, this weather. Uh, do put some more coal on, would you, Watson? Now then, pray take the basket chair, Mr. Ryder. You look chilly. I'll make some more punch, I think, Holmes. We could all do with a warning. Thank you, Watson, if you will. You'll find the lemons behind you on the gazogene stand. And the nutmeg scraper? There, behind the Persian slipper. Oh, you might hand it to me, will you, dear fellow? I'd like some tobacco. Certainly. Thank you so much. Well, now, Mr. Ryder. Yes, sir? You, um, you want to know what became of those geese, Mr. Ryder. Or rather, of that goose. For I fancy it was only one that you were interested in. A white one with a black bar across its tail. Oh, if you could only tell me, sir, I'd be that grateful. Mm. It's really mine, you see, sir. It was sold by mistake. <laughs> and a most remarkable bird, if I may say so, Mr. Ryder. Watson, hand me over my strong box, if you please. Uh, that bird laid an egg after it was dead, Mr. Ryder. Huh? The bonniest, brightest little blue egg that ever was seen. I have it here. Oh, merciful heaven. The game's up, Ryder. Steady, <laughs> man. Steady, or you'll be in the fire. Hang on to him, Watson. It's all right, Holmes. I've got him. Almost fainting, poor devil. I'll get him a brandy. Poor devil, eh? Heavens, what a worm the fellow is. He's not got blood enough to go in for a felony. <laughs> but there you are, my man. Drink it up. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? You know perfectly well what you've done, Ryder. It only needs one or two more links, Watson, to make the case complete. Now then, Ryder, who told you of the Countess of Morka's jewel, the blue carbine? It, it was Catherine Cusack, sir. I swear it was her idea. The Countess's waiting maid home. Exactly. And so you invented some excuse to send that unfortunate young Horner into the Countess's hotel room, and after he was gone, you rifled the jewel case, raised the alarm, and put the blame onto him. Yes, sir, I did, sir. Ah. Oh, for heaven's sake, have mercy, Mr. Holmes. I, I never went wrong before. It was Cathy was to blame. Get oh, off please, the sir. floor, man. It's no good kneeling to me. You didn't show much mercy to Horner, did you? Oh, I'll leave the country, sir. The, the charge will break down against Get him. Up. Get up. Watson, help me onto his feet, for heaven's sake. What I want to know is how the stone got into the goose rider. There, man, take another drink. Well, it was all a mistake, you see, sir. Once I had it, I wanted to hide it somewhere. It seemed to burn a hole in my pocket. So I went to my sister, you see, to think things out. Your sister? Maggie. She married a man called Oakshot. Aha. Uh -huh. She fattened fowl for the market at Brixton. Ah, Oakshot, eh? Well, I was thinking it out in her yard, see, smoking a pipe like. I remember that Maggie had promised me a bird for Christmas, so well, I had an idea. Ah, uh, you forced the stone down the bird's throat. Yes, sir. 
Well, just then, Maggie came out to see what I was up to, and the bird got free for a minute, but I went and caught it again, and Maggie and I killed it. I had a notion to take the stone to a chap I knew up in Kilburn that told me once he knew how to get rid of stolen property. And I thought it would be safe from any search in the bird's crop, you see, sir, even if the police did take it into their hands to stop me. They weren't all that certain about Orna, you see. Ah, when you got to Kilburn, it wasn't there. No, sir, so I rushed back to Maggie. By that time, all the other birds had gone to market, see. There were two of them with barred tails, you see, sir. I'd caught the wrong one after it had got away. I've been at that stall at the garden ever since, trying to find out where it had gone. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Ah. Well, what are you going to do, Holmes? I'm not quite sure, but I think all things considered, it might be best to... Get out, Ryder. What? You mean... I mean, get out, man. Oh, heaven bless you, Mr. Holmes. I don't want to hear any more from you. Get oh, out. Thank you, Mr. Get Holmes. out, heaven bless you, sir. Well, well, a most singular and whimsical business, my dear Watson. Ah, my dear Holmes. Shouldn't you have turned him in? Well, when all's said and done, Watson, I'm really not retained by the police to supplement their deficiencies. As soon as I send the stone back, the case against Horner will collapse at once. There'll be no witness. But you're committing a felony, you know. Well, it's just possible that I'm also saving a soul. I don't believe he'll go wrong again. He's too scared. Besides, Watson... Well... Well, this is the season of forgiveness, man. Listen. Twelve o'clock. It's Christmas Day. Oh, pass me some of that delicious punch of yours, won't you? And tell me you forgive me, too. Forgive you? In heaven's name for what? For being so surly yesterday morning when you offered me the compliments of the season. I return them now with all my heart. And here's your health, old friend, with my glass upraised. A Merry Christmas, my dear Watson. A Merry Christmas, Holmes. God save her gracious majesty. Amen. Welcome back. Well, I definitely prefer this to the um, John Stanley version, but that's just my opinion. Um, well acted and, uh, uh, again, just a very solid uh, John Gielgud performance here. Um, I do apologize. I do, one thing I regret is not able to bring it to you at a more seasonally appropriate time. But as we've only got uh, six more weeks of the show left... Uh, we'll be done in, uh, uh, in, uh, I believe early, uh, July. Nah, just not any time that's more Christmassy to play it. So, uh, sorry about that, but I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode regardless. Alright, well, we do have, uh, a listener, uh, comment. This one is a review from the, uh, iTunes App Store. And, Miss Lilybell writes, The podcast is the best listening for the old-time radio shows. Adam does a great job adding information about the cast as well as the background on the various programs. If you like to listen to old uh, radio mysteries, this podcast is for you. You won't be disappointed. 
Thank you very much. And then we have this comment from Brian on the last episode of Frank Race. I like the Frank Race stories, but I have a hard time with the volume during playbacks. It needs to be loud to hear the secondary characters, and the music comes in very loud. The other uh, series don't seem to have these issues. Was the Frank Race series done with a cheaper budget or cheaper studio back then? Um... It wasn't one of the top syndicators, but I've not heard that particular complaint before. So, sorry you had that uh, particular issue with Frank Rice. Um, all right, well, that actually does it for today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and also the second part of Nightmare for Night. And then join us back here next Thursday for another episode of Sherlock Holmes. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives.